I think we all grow up listening to whatever our parents listen to, and then at some point we're like, that's terrible, and I'm going to find my own, and uh, uh, find my own uh, jams, and, and so the kids are always uh, singing something, and um, does this happen in your house where somebody's singing, and then you start singing the song a little later, and you're like, where did that song come from? Well, Danielle and I actually, like, will make a challenge of that, and, like, it's like a score if we can, like, pass the song off to somebody else. So I think it was the, I think it was the boy, the man-child, I'll embarrass him. Uh, he's going through the kitchen uh, about a month ago, and, and, and he's singing Backstreet Boys. And uh, so I'm hearing, I want it that way. And it's like, it's one of those songs, right? And it's like, so what do I do a little bit later? I'm cruising through the house, and I'm like, I want it. So tell me why. And I'm like, oh, man. And I'm like, I'm singing Backstreet Boys. And I'm like, I needed to hear the whole song. It was one of those things like, I got to make this right. So I, I, I pay for Apple Music, and, uh, which I love because I can just be like, I just think of a, a song and, and, and just hear it. So I've got the top down on the mini, and I'm like, uh, you know, Backstreet Boys. And uh, so I start playing, and, and I like music loud. And so I'm going down the street. I've got Backstreet Boys on, but then I see a neighbor walking their dog. And so as fast as I can, I turn the volume down. <laughs> Story number two. Maybe this has happened. So do you ever have that feeling that everybody else's Friday nights are cooler than yours? Okay. So... Danielle and I will say something like, she's heading up to Netflix land and I'm heading into, you know, Star Wars land or whatever else. And she says, she'll say something like, we're so lame. Like, we feel like there's this party out there that we weren't invited to in the first place. But, but we're sure of the fact that there's a great time being had by somebody else and that everybody else is somehow doing something else. But the truth of the matter is, you all were at home on that same Friday night going, aren't we lame, right? So why is it that we, we, we strain against this pressure of mediocrity? Like we, we think that there's like this, this great thing that we could be doing or this more interesting thing, and yet we don't want to be too weird. So these are some of the tensions that we go back and forth with. So, so we want to seem like we're down to earth, down-to-earth just means average, but yet we complain that it's another Netflix Friday night, right? Or, or so we want to be interesting, but we don't want to be weird, right? So it's like you want to be, you want to stand out, but then you don't want to really stand out, unless like you're the weirdo Buckeye nut guy that like makes sure he's on TV in every game, but you don't want to seem ambitious, or you want to seem like ambitious but without caring too much you want to be brilliant but you don't want to look like you're trying too hard you want to seem laid back but you don't want to appear lazy so we have all of these things like we're trying to put this vibe out like yeah like I am very cool like I was very excited to find this super cool shirt but the fact that I found this super cool shirt at Sam's Club means that one million other dorks just like me found this shirt two weeks ago and said, that's a really cool shirt, right? So it's like the, the tension of average versus seeming to be interesting. So we're in this series called Identity Crisis. 
And, and we've, we're wrapping it up today, and the whole thing is about our core fears that are locking up our true identity. So let me recap where we've been. And all of these are available through Facebook Live, or you can access the podcast through the website. Hopefully you do or share them. So, so far, we dealt with the fear of not being needed. We looked at the fear of not belonging, the fear of inadequacy, the fear of poor performance, which I can't even say very well, so there you go. And then how about last week? Who was here last week for for my buddy Ben? He did a good job. Oh my gosh. So just so you know, him and his wife feel called to plant a church. They're probably planting a vineyard church in the next two to three years, and so we're going to help him by giving him opportunities to preach ahead of time, and um, and then hopefully we'll be sowing financially into that work as well. Is that okay? Can we help a vineyard church get started? Okay, I think we can. Cool. So he did a great job. Today is the fear of being replaceable. The fear of being replaceable or the fear of not being unique or the fear of like too unique. So it's like you, you want to be so interesting and so different that you claim your place in, at work at, at, uh, at home, uh, in, in circles, in friend circles. And so it's like if there's another person that's, that's exactly like you, then you get a little nervous. If somebody else, if you're like the person who brings, you know, a snack to, to, to work, and next thing you know, somebody else starts bringing a snack, and maybe they can cook really good too. Next thing you know, you're not the snack person. Or if you're the joke person, and somebody else is all of a sudden like, really, really funny, and you're like, um, that's my lane. Like, you're, 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 all of a sudden you start to feel like, oh my goodness, I've got to find, uh, there's a Seinfeld for everything. I can think of where Elaine says, we already have a George. Like, there's these, there's these moments, I need a better crowd. You guys have to study up on Seinfeld and the Bible to get with me. Okay, I only preach on a few things. Uh, The New Testament, Buckeyes, Star Wars, and Seinfeld. Okay, no, I'm just kidding. Um, Stay with me. Help me, help me. The fear of not being unique, but then we also also have this fear of being too unique. We don't want to be the oddball, but we want to be this person that has their role in a certain place. And this can cause us all kinds of trouble because then we are focused on the fear of of how we fit in. And, and so we're, we're kind of constantly basically putting ourselves out there and trying to make sure that we keep our spot. Does that make sense? And so now if I'm afraid of, of I've got to be the preacher guy here, which it's one of my things that I do and I want to do it well, but if, if I have to be the only one that can preach well, then what will I do? I'd be crazy to let somebody like Ben Allen come in and blow our doors off and be like, man, Ben did a great job, or April, or Christopher, or, or Andrew, right? And so if you have to be that person, then you are not making room for somebody else. And so that's one of our values here in this church is that we would, uh, that we would train up people to be amazing and even more amazing than we are at things. And, and so we can end up blocking things from going. But I think that what we, we also wrestle with is, am I just following a script that was already written? Like, I wake up, hopefully get a shower, 
if there's time. No, I'm just kidding. That's my kids. Uh, if uh, make it to make it to school, make it to work, go through the motions, get my paycheck, pay the bills, da 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 da. da. Right? Do the dance. And, and so we have those moments just like, man, this is so lame. Why are we so lame? And, and you don't want to just be on this, like this drone script, right? So it's like there has to be something more out there, and we wrestle with this thing. This is the only fear that I've preached on that's has, that has its own theme song, by the way. If you worry about being unique, then I'm going to take you back to 1985, and I believe it's the second John Hughes movie that was released, a little thing called The Breakfast Club. And the theme song of that movie was Simple Minds, Don't You Forget About Me. Don't, don't. Don't you forget about me, right? Like that we want to be remembered. We want to stand out in somebody's life. We want to, and all of these fears overlap. But the a question for us today is, can we all be special? Can we all be special? Like I've made fun of this before. Like I, I really don't care for participation trophies. I think that is a major mistake to the I'm sorry, millennials, that was uh, your parents' fault. We thought that would help you feel confident, and uh, we thought it would boost your morale and help you want to achieve better things and make you feel like you're awesome. But it just means you were there. So, like, I don't get a prize for being there, but can we all be special? I think, I think we can. So... Why are so many Christians living ineffective and restless lives? Like, why are we so consumed with this, all these fears of, of, of trying to belong, of trying to be needed, of, of, of needing to be unique but not too unique? Why are we, what are we doing? We're supposed to be, we're supposed to flow from identity into community, into mission. What do I mean by that? Those are three, uh, that's a phrase taken from a book where a lot of the content came from for this series, and that is this. Uh, the author makes a, uh, his, his uh, proposition is this, is that we are more often than not trying to do our community and mission without fully knowing who we are first. And so that means if we're not solid in who we are, and then we just grab onto somebody else's mission, we think, that's what I got to do. That's what I got to do. This is who I am to fit in this community. And, and then something happens to the community or the mission, and then you're left scratching your head like, I've got to reinvent myself again, right? And so there's, there's natural phases to this, just like my kids growing older and abandoning me and moving out and doing stupid things like getting married. By the way, grandkid number two due next June. Ha ha. Yes. And Lily and the most handsome little guy on the planet is coming to visit in a couple weeks, so you'll get to see them on a few Sundays. But it's like if, if my identity is just in being a father and, and, and parenting kids and running them through their day, as they don't need me for that role anymore, then I'm left with who am I, right? And so if, if, and if I, my job changes, if, if, uh, if this happens here and, and this friendship changes, and it's, then it's who am I, who am I, who am I, who am I? And so often we're running through life and we're just trying to constantly figure out who we are. And God wants us to know who we are first 
so that our identity, our community, and our mission can come from that, and they're going to be so much more stable. And so when we are struggling with this, we have this concept uh, called proving and hiding. And so if you struggle with the fear of, of wanting to, or fear of being replaceable, then you are going to constantly try to prove on how necessary you are all of the time. And you might even remind people of the things that you do for them. And that tends to not, like, really impress people, right? Like, you know, and so I think uh, maybe I'm not the only husband, you know, dumb enough to do this, but it's like, hey, did you see I did the dishes? And she's like, yeah, once, thanks. And you loaded the dishwasher wrong. So uh, is there a man in this room who's ever loaded the dishwasher right? Oh, you're awesome. No, you haven't been married long enough. She's just not telling you the truth yet. Uh, so it's like, oh, look what I did. Look what I did. Don't, aren't, I, aren't I awesome? Like, we're constantly trying to point at the things, you know. It's like this, you know, check this out, right? And then hiding is where we pull back, and, and we don't want to be seen for being unique. And so then it's the opposite of trying to blend in. So I got this illustration about Proving and hiding. Do you all know what Axe is? Axe body spray. Okay, teenagers call it shower in a can. <laughs> so in youth ministry, I'll tell this story quicker. I've told it longer before. But I would run the van route. We had a few people that would, do, would drive and pick up kids. But we would pick up anywhere from 5 to, well, the, the van held 15, so we would anywhere 20 or less we felt safe about. So, uh, so we'd cram these kids in, and um, not all of them smelled really nice. And, uh, and, and, and a few typically male children of, uh, would, be the, would be stereotypical, but I'll just say that it's highly scientific, scientifically accurate, uh, would usually smell the worst. And, and we would have boys get on the van, and you could tell that they had really needed a shower that day, but it hadn't been that day, but yet they would come in with a cloud of Axe body spray associated with them. Now, a little cologne's nice, a little perfume's nice, but if the BO is right underneath, too much? Let me keep going. So, the proving and hiding is this. You are doing something to cover up your fear. The problem is everybody else still sees it, right? And it actually, like, doesn't work at all. It actually compounds what you're doing to, and putting out to people. And, and this is something we all do, but that's what's happening. And so this series is about going to those core things. Feeling unique comes from a secure identity, we need to get our identity back. We started this series, and we're going to end our series in the first chapter of Ephesians. So if you want to turn there with me, go to your Bible app. We're going to be reading verses 2 through 8. So Ephesians 1, 2 through 8 says this. May God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ give you grace and peace. All praise to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realms because we are united with Christ. Even before he made the world, God loved us and chose us in Christ to be holy 
and without fault in his eyes. God decided in advance to adopt us into his own family by bringing us to himself through Jesus Christ. This is what he wanted to do, and it gave him great pleasure. So we praise God for the glorious grace he has poured out on us who belong to his dear son. He is so rich in kindness and grace that he purchased our freedom with the blood of his son and forgave our sins. He has showered his kindness on us along with all wisdom and understanding. Could could that short of a passage, I mean, how much... Do you hear how much is in there of how God feels about us and what he did for us and what he thinks about who we are in him? And so verse 2, it says, it's opened up with this greeting, and Paul uses this often, and I think it must have been a, I think it would have been a common greeting even in the church at the day, but it says, may God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ give you grace and peace. And I included that with the passage because that's where it starts. This peace that we're looking for, this secure identity, because I can tell who has peace and who who doesn't. And just like that Axe body spray, so can everybody else. I can tell who's grounded. I can tell who who is comfortable with who they are and, and what they do. And, and, and I can tell who isn't. And, and there's probably no zero to 100%. We're really all somewhere in the middle. So I, maybe I'll say it like this. I can tell who is more comfortable with who they are than, than and those that aren't, right? Because you're, you're just, it's what are you putting out there? And peace is on the other side of grace. And I just appreciated hearing that in the worship this morning, is that until you encounter the grace of God, you will not know true peace. Because that grace, when when we walk in it, and it's like, oh my gosh, God, you love me, period. Not you love me because you love me. Oh God, you love me. I've really become a over, you know, tired, you know, just intense crazy person this week trying to get this church painted and it's like God in spite of myself you love me and I just have to rest in it and I can't rest I can't enjoy that peace unless I understand or or at least appreciate and accept the grace that's been given to me and so it's so important that we build on that foundation grace and peace God wants peace with us and in us that is all of these things I'm saying are magnificently huge like God wants you to have peace in your life he wants it to begin with peace between you and him and he's gone to a lot of trouble to provide for that right he wants you to have peace that's so important to know that peace is only available on the other side of grace let's go to verse 3 And I love this verse because it says he's blessed us with every spiritual blessing. God doesn't just allocate things amongst us and and this person deserves this more. Okay, everybody gets salvation, but I'm going to reserve this stuff for you and this stuff for you. And and you're really not that appreciative of what I've done for you. So I'm not going to 
let you have these things. No, no, no. This amazing warehouse, this, this endless supply of resources from heaven is available to every person who has called on the name of Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. And so wherever you're at from the beginning of your walk in faith to whether you've been walking with Him for 50 years, and, and then you might be enjoying those gifts and, and blessings more, but that doesn't mean you have more access to it. And so every person that calls on the name of Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior has access to every spiritual blessing. And it says because we are united in Christ. This whole identity crisis series is based off of being in Christ. In Christ, I am loved. In Christ, I belong. In Christ, I am special. In Christ, in Christ, in Christ. I can't find any of those things outside of Him. And I've tried. And you've tried. I'm speaking for you, but I'm pretty sure I'm right. Right? Okay, good. I was just, take, just checking. Verse 4. God loved us and chose us after we did some nice things? After we wrote a check towards the roof? Hint, hint, nudge, nudge. No. Oh, that wasn't that subtle, was it? Um, I'll try harder. No, of course not. This says before. He chose to love us before. In Christ to be holy. It was that in Christ phrase again. And without fault in His eyes. That's because when we're in Christ, that's the beauty of being in Christ is that we become we take on the beauty of Christ. God doesn't see our faults because we're, we have Christ's righteousness upon us at that point. Righteousness that we can't earn. I cannot be righteous on my own. I can yield myself and to, to the Lord and put Christ's righteousness on me. That's my best understanding of the Scriptures. It's really never mine. It's, it's, it's mine in Christ, if that makes sense. Without fault in His eyes, when God sees you, He's like, that's my, that's my son. I don't see the fault. Being in is not something to achieve, but something to receive. And so all of these fears that captivate us, that we chase, that we are trying to achieve, the, the solution it are the identities that are already provided for us in Christ. There's nothing there to achieve. These are all different um, angles, I would say, because there is some overlap, but they're all pieces of the identity that's already provided for us that we have to receive. It's already made available. I am secure. Ben's message last week was about being secure. I am already secure in Christ. Wow. Being in is not something to achieve, but something to receive. Verse 5, here again about being uh, before. God decided in advance to adopt us. He decided it. And then it says, and I love this word here too. Can you tell I love a lot of this, uh, these phrases? It says that it brings him pleasure. This is what we opened the series with, and this is what we closed. This brings him pleasure that you 
would walk in the identity that is already provided for you. Because there's nothing like watching something that you've invested in like your kids and they finally just, they, they finally walk in something that you've been telling them since they were born. And they claim it for their own. That is, I mean, that's, that's a dad moment right there. It's like, that's, that's, they got it. And it's like, I, I, that's, that's why, that makes all of the tears and, um, worth it. Like is, when, when, when they grasp something that you have been showing them is available to them the whole time, and they finally identify it, and they claim it for themselves. God, by choosing you, he is saying, I want you here. That's why we do, that's why our, our, um, our vision statement is welcome home. God wants you here. And I am a firm believer that there's a gazillion good churches out there. There is no excuse for somebody to not have a place where they can lock in and feel connected to Father God through a local church family. And I'm so glad that you guys have found this place. But God wants you here. He really does. He, he went to a lot of trouble for it. You belong here. And it says that he brings us to himself. Well, that's pretty important because we can't get there any other way. So God says, here's what you need. Here's how to get there. I provided for it. You just have to choose it. It's wonderful. He provides it. Verse 6, it says, so we praise God for pouring out His grace. Praise and worship is such a key part of what we do here. And, 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 and for somebody new to a church experience, maybe it's just unusual to sing. But what we're doing, it's, it's a way of, of us expressing our feelings to God. So we're saying things about Him, like repeating facts about Him being great or awesome or powerful. But then a lot of the lyrics are about things that He's done for us. And so we're thanking Him for what He's done. You cannot praise what you don't trust. You cannot praise what you don't trust. Think about it. Think of the last thing that you, you commented on or where you recommended to somebody else. Are you going to send somebody to a restaurant that didn't take good care of you? No. I would only tell somebody to go to this restaurant because I'm trusting that they're going to provide a similar good experience for those people, right? And we all know where to not send people, <laughs> right? Why would we not? So we're not going to praise something we don't trust. We only praise what we trust. And so, so many times, you know, this review culture, I live by reviews. I, I think it's fantastic. I Yelp everything when I'm traveling. I go to Yelp for where I'm going to eat. I go to four-star place. They've got 30, 40, 50 reviews, depending on the size of the town. Guess what? I go in and get a good meal. What are we doing? When we review something, we're praising something. When we say, this place is awesome, this thing is amazing. And you can't do that if you don't trust it. You cannot truly praise God for being amazing if you don't really believe that He has been amazing to you right? 
So part of when you, uh, as you grow in your faith, I believe that praise and worship is going to mean more to you as you walk longer with Jesus. It does to me more than 20 years ago. It does. Because now I'm singing words and there's just more proof in my life for what I'm singing. So it's like, oh my gosh, I can build my life on you. I have built my life on you. Like, I can sing this with my whole heart because I believe it because I've experienced it. Do you see what I'm saying? And so when we praise God, we are praising him for pouring out his grace. Well, you can't just say, well, you could. You say, God, I'm so glad you poured out your grace. I think that's awesome. But if you really experience God's grace, then it's thank you, God, for pouring out your grace. Do you see the difference? Because we can really only praise what we have learned to trust. And then that other phrase in there, it says, us who belong. And I think that's where our identity is. We belong in Christ. And so this this restlessness should not be a part of the Christian life. This uncertainty, this search of identity, this flip-flopping and, 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 and not being the, a consistent person from one situation to the next, this chameleon-type thing or, or this hiding and this proving, it really doesn't fit. Because these verses say, I belong. Verse 7, that He purchased our freedom and forgave our sins. Are you kidding me? Why would I stay in chains when freedom has already been paid for? Why would I stay in prison past the end of my sentence? I, I couldn't imagine it, right? I haven't been locked up yet, but uh, I could sure give me some time. Um, no. But I couldn't imagine getting to the end of my sentence. I'm good. Food's great. I know what I'm wearing every day. Right? Oh no. The countdown is on. I mean, you're you're waiting for your freedom. And so us as Christians, we've got these chains on us, but the lock's not there. And, and so God has provided this freedom for us by forgiving our sins. And we, it's part of this identity that's been provided for us. Verse 8, showered us with his kindness, wisdom, and understanding. I taught part of this across the street uh, when I preached at Trinity a month ago. And, and uh, it reminded me of, of uh, getting socks for Christmas. I'll tell you a story of uh, Christmas, uh, let's see, so little Adam, we're going to say maybe 12 years old or something like that. And so Christmas morning, I get like five different things that require batteries, and um, mom and dad forget to buy the batteries. 
Oh, this is fun. <laughs> and like, I'm old enough that when I was 13, the only things open on Christmas morning was like the Thornton's gas station near us. Which meant that mom and dad got to go spend like $10 for a 9-volt battery. And uh, I, have you ever bought a battery at a gas station? Like, take out a loan. I mean, it's, it's, it's bad. So we, we fixed the problem. And I think within a day or two, I had the power to play with the things that I was given that day. And, and so that was great. So next Christmas... Now, you have to understand another thing. I, I'm going to, okay, you're going to get more, more Donnell family secrets here. So, stockings are a big deal, and we like to wrap things. And so, like, if you get a 64 set of crayons, you're going to get every crayon wrapped. Not, like, maybe not. That's too far. That, not that far. Sorry, Mom. Sorry. But, like, if there's few pieces to something, you get, like, everything's wrapped, okay? So, I start going through my, my, my stock, my sock, stocking. And, uh, okay, D batteries. Ooh, I'm getting something that takes D batteries. Next thing, ooh, C batteries. Hmm. Okay, uh, nine volts. Hmm. Okay, chapstick, good. Uh, nine volts. My stock was like three quarters batteries. Like for things that, like, and I didn't even get things that needed all of the batteries that I, like, we, we overcompensated the next year is what I'm getting at. So, my poor mother. So, what is it like, now if you need the batteries for the gift, but what's it really like opening batteries? <laughs> or socks? <laughs> socks are awesome, okay. Well, there's always one. Speaking of two unique, okay. Uh, but like, Christmas time, you want the, the wow, right? And so I get to this verse 8, and I just kind of like, and he showered us with kindness, wisdom, and understanding. Like, 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 it's just like a little bow on top. Like, the good stuff's already been given. This is just filler. Are you serious? This says that God showered us. Now, I've never been showered with gifts ever. Like, I mean, I've gotten gifts, but like, I've never been like, whoa, like, stop. Like, showered is like, it's like a, a deluge. Like, you're getting, like, it's coming at you. I wouldn't mind. Hint, hint. No, this says, showered us with his kindness his wisdom, and his understanding. Okay. So part of our identity in Christ is that these things are just pouring down on us. And the last time I checked, I could use to be more kind. I could use more wisdom. And I could sure use more understanding. And if I am kind, if I have wisdom, and I am understanding, 
that sounds like I'm going to have a pretty good day. How do you think the other people are going to feel like around me if I'm operating out of kindness, wisdom, and understanding? Because I can tell you right now, I'm usually pretty low on understanding. Kindness, I can, I got a range, depends on how much sleep I've had or how recently I've eaten. <laughs> does anybody else get hangry? Like, I know Dave Tedford does. He'll kill somebody. Nicest guy in the world, but don't take him an hour past lunchtime. Don't do it. But like, I, these are not things that I'm just like, like showering. Like, I'm not showering people with these in my life. I can tell you that. I have my moments, but I can walk in these things. And God has provided these things for, for me and really for the people in my life that I would walk in kindness, wisdom, and understanding. Why are so many Christians living ineffective and restless lives? It's because we are trying to do community and mission. We are trying to... We are trying to be a part of all the different groups of people that we spend time with. You've got work, you've got play, you've got family, um, any combination. When we're trying to do those things, and then we're trying to, to do the things that, that, that we believe we're supposed to be doing, and if we're trying all of that without walking in the fullness of who we are in Christ, we're going to bump our head a bit and and we are bumping our heads a bit right and God has this for us he, he wants this peace to be in our life and so back to this being unique this phrase I just believe God just showed it to me we are one of billions and one in billions at the same time what do I mean by that I think we wrestle with the fact that we're just one of a billion. I think that freaks us out, and I think it bums us out at times. Like, the, the insignificance of, like, if you pull just big picture, and I don't want to, like, make anybody jump off a cliff right now, but, like, if you pull big picture, like the infinity factor, and, in, in like, my little life in the middle of this part of the world and then you pull back to the world and then you pull back the to you know the expanse of time and it's like I'm just one of a billion depressing right glad I came to church and 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 we struggle with that mediocrity we struggle with that oh man we're just just watching Netflix I like the same pop songs everybody else, and I'm embarrassed. i got to turn it down when I'm driving by my neighbor. Guess why it was a top ten song? Because they liked it too. <laughs> they might even have a t-shirt. But we're also one in a billion at the same time. And just like snowflakes fall uniquely apart, and yet when they lay down, you really don't see any one individual any longer. The word for us this morning is that there's, there's a 
there's a great sense of security in that. And I can look at even my kids. I've got three kids. And I have given them, now the oldest always says that you've, like they got the worst, right? That the baby always gets the best. Like, I mean, that's part of the deal. And uh, so it's like the kids will, will, will claim that they've, that one or the other have gotten different advantages. But Danielle and I have gone to a lot of trouble to give the exact same set of resources to all three, including our love and including our dreams. And so in one aspect, they are just one of three. They're one of the Danelle kids. And, and so much has been given them the same, the same house, the same parents. But I can tell you, and every mom and dad can in this room, that they are also one in three. And they're unique. And so, so much has been poured into them the same. They have the same resources made available to them. And yet, they are uniquely their own. We are one of billions and one in billions at the same time. But the, the, the catch is, or the, the, the place where I want us to get to today, is that our value is not in being one of or one in. These are, this is one of the fears that we wrestle with. We, we fear being unique or, or being replaceable. And maybe you've been told by your boss that you are replaceable. Maybe relationships in your past have proven that you're replaceable. But if we live with that fear, then we won't settle into who we are and we won't know who really takes us for who we really are. And so this angst of being special is fear. And it's not a part of the identity that Christ has provided for us. I want to go through this list we read uh, eight verses this morning. These truths that are available in Christ. You guys can repeat these after me if you would this morning. I am able to live in grace and peace. I am able to live in grace and peace. That grace, that peace, that just peace, it's always... It's always, oh, it's after the next paycheck. It's after the next raise. It's after this relationship. It's after, it's after, it's after. I am able to live in grace and peace right now because I'm in Christ. I am blessed with every spiritual blessing. I am blessed with every spiritual blessing. It's there. It's there. I am united with Christ. I am united. That's big. I am loved. I am chosen. I am holy. And the additional part of that, it says, and without fault in God's eyes. Wow. I don't feel holy. But God's word says that I am if my life is in him. I am adopted into God's family. I 
oh, this will freak you out. I am a blessing to God. Heresy. No way I could be a blessing to God. That's what it says. It says it gives him great pleasure to adopt us as his kids. He is blessed by our loving him. He doesn't see me as one of a billion to drag around and provide a little more air for and a little more whatever for. I don't see my children as just one more thing I've got to do. Most of the time. But God is the perfect Father. And He always sees me as a blessing. Okay, we talked about God showering us. I am drenched in grace. I am free. I am forgiven. Oh, and oh, by the way, I'm drenched in kindness, wisdom, and understanding. Can you remember being drenched? The last time you got stuck out in the rain? Or you mistakenly got on the wrong ride at a theme park? Oh, you don't get that wet. I remember doing that, some joker. Like, no, no, it's just the fountains go over. You'll get, you'll get sprinkled. Man, this thing just dumped like five gallons down the back of my shirt into my shorts. Like, that's, that's a fun day to walk around the rest of the day at Kings Island, right? Can you remember being drenched, though? And God's talking about showering us with grace, showering us with kindness, showering us with wisdom and understanding. So one of, one in. All of these things are available to every one of us. And yet, that still makes me feel pretty special. Right? I am one of a billion. Billions. But if these things are available to me in Christ, even if they're available to the rest of those billions, I still feel very very special to have those things in my life can we pray this morning as the worship team's coming up i just want you to be aware in this room of of this thing called identity we've come at it from six different angles over the last month and a half And it all boils down to fears and what we would do to prove or hide in all of these different categories. And yet, as we read through that list, those fears don't fit. There's no room for those fears with a list like that. God did that on purpose. If His kindness 
and grace are flowing out of my life, then I'm not going to be spewing insecurities everywhere I go. Where are you at this morning? If you've never trusted Jesus with your heart, I'll tell you again that peace is only on the other side of grace. If you've never accepted the grace made available through the cross of Christ, and that is this, you are lost. You cannot achieve peace on your own. You cannot achieve peace with God, let alone yourself and the people around you. That's because we're broken. And the Bible says that God loved us so much. We read it today that he chose. He chose to adopt you even before this moment. But those adoption papers are there on the table in front of you. And they're only waiting for one thing, your signature. It's all been done. He's already chose you. He's already provided peace by making forgiveness available through the death of his son. If, if that's you this morning, if you've never accepted that grace, that forgiveness for your sins, is today the day you would say yes to Jesus? If that's you, would you raise your hand where you're at? I want to pray with you. Anybody at all? Maybe this morning you're like me and, and uh, you still don't really walk in the fullness of what God has provided for you. Would you respond to him today? Is being his special enough? Is being his special enough? Father God, we thank you for your love this morning. God, I thank you that it's all we need. God, I thank you that it's, it covers everything. There's nothing else we need to chase or do, but rest and be in yours. God, we thank you for this series. God, we thank you that we do not have to be in angst over who we are if we know you. We thank you for your great love this morning. It's in Jesus' name we pray, amen. Can we stand and close and sing? Uh, we'll have people up front here this morning that want to pray with you regarding the message or anything else going on in your life. And then if you've made a decision to follow Jesus or you, you got something going on that you want us to know about, you're ready to be baptized, uh, you, you uh, let us know all of those things through our next steps uh, center at the back. And uh, let's worship.